Welcome to the TurfNet Renovation Report, brought to you by Golf Preservations and the Andersons. I'm your host, Anthony Piappi, and joining me today is Scott Bordner. He is the superintendent at Union, Union League National, a course under construction in Swainton, New Jersey. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So, because things are the way they are, just uh, we are talking on March 25th, and we're all dealing with everything. I don't know when this is going to run, but just we're all dealing with everything, and we're all hunkered down, and... But you get in your part of the world, you get to keep working on your golf course, right? Yeah, we're just trying to wrap up a little bit of what we what we started here and just trying to maintain the golf course at a minimal level, trying to keep everybody safe, but also with the expectations of having this place open in July. So this was 27 holes. It was called Sand Barons Golf Club. It was a public Mike Hurds and Dana Fry golf course. Um the Union League of Philadelphia purchases the golf course. And I want to, I, I want to kind of put this in there because so, I looked it up and I find this fascinating. Um, the Union League was founded in 1862 to support the policies of Abraham Lincoln. That's pretty wild. Yeah. And uh, it has 3,000 members, uh, business, law, academia, politics, Religion and the arts, and it is not a male-only golf, uh, male-only club, inner-city club or city club. It is, uh, it's uh, men and women. But I, the whole history of it, and I think it's worth, yeah, the time to get some who's listening to this to read this on Wikipedia. Uh, I think it's a fascinating history. And so, but they they bought this twenty-seven holes because, as I saw, uh, I read in a, a a story, I think, in Golf Course Architecture, a lot of your members have uh, homes on the shore. In, uh, in New Jersey around where this golf course is. Yeah, everybody comes down here for three months and they wanted to be able to come out and play a quick round of golf and get back to the beach with their families. So the club looked at purchasing a 18-hole facility and then they found a 27-hole facility that they thought they could run three nines and flip-flop people around effectively and get people to the beach. That's very cool. And I And just for on the map, it's... This is about 75 miles southeast of Philadelphia to give people an idea of where we're talking about. So this is the, this is the weekend commute uh, and then the summer vacation spot for a lot of people uh, from Philadelphia, correct? Yeah, Philadelphia and a little bit in New York, but more from Philadelphia because we're at the southern tip of the, the state. Yeah, the Jersey Shore. And, and when this, where, where did you come aboard in this process of redoing 27 holes? Uh, they had already, they, they were sort of mid-construction, so that makes it a little more challenging because a lot of the planning and preparation that goes into it, I kind of just had to go with the flow, um, change some things that I could change, but also don't leave myself with um, construction done one way on this nine and a different way on another nine. And then these three holes are that way. And these three holes are that way. So I kind of just tweaked what I could without changing the infrastructure infrastructure. So tell me some of the things that you tweaked. Uh, it's just a different mentality as far as laying out the irrigation. Um, that was probably the biggest change that we've done. We just I wanted to make it fit for me. The other people had made it fit for what how they wanted to do okay. it. Um, and then right. implements that we're using, fertilizers that we're using, chemistries that we're using, just trying to get it to more of the way I, I need it to manage the golf course 
playability wise the way we want right. to. Right. And so turf selection wasn't yours. Was that done before you came on board? Yes. Yes. They picked a really good grass. Though. And what do you got? Um, they're using 007 uh, greens and fairways. And then tees are done with uh, Pentrio. Okay. So it'll help with divot recovery a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But so that's a weird situation for you to come in, come in mid project like this and, and what an extensive project it was. I mean, this isn't a rebuilding of 18 holes. This is a, and we'll get into this, but this is a complete reimagining of an existing 27 holes. This is some cross country uh, changes. This isn't just following the whole quarters that were there. Correct. Yeah. They, uh, I, I don't know if there's been this much soil moved at any golf course, maybe Calusa Pines was close, but you know, over a million cubic yards of material moved on site. And you were there, some of that had taken place before you, some of that was taking place since you've been there. Uh, I would say 75% of that was already finished. So any of the ponds that they dug out, they wanted to create uh, more land movement. So he got, he took an elevation of, I want to say it was like 20 to 25 and made it 75 at the peak. Right. I I was looking at some, I was reading a story on that, the golf course architecture magazine story about how, how much elevation has changed. So you arrived on, the, the project started on, started when? The actual moving of dirt. That moving, uh, this has been ongoing. It's, it's sort of been phased out. So they, they wanted to just clean up the areas right along the clubhouse. They were going to go in and clean out waste bunkers uh, two seasons ago, two years ago. And okay, then it got a little further and they said we could do something a little more special with this land. They talked about going to 18 holes and making it a little more spread out. And they ended up sticking with 27 and the massive earth moving started probably the middle of last summer, maybe a little bit before that to dig out the ponds and make mountain Dana. (laughs) And, and when, when did you arrive? Uh, I started in November. Okay. And, and, I should add to this story because this makes it part of the intrigue of this whole project is this is Dana Fry and Jason Strzok of Fry Strzok of Golf redesigning a Herds and Fry golf course that Dana built, right? Designed and built. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty wild when you go back and look at the original pictures and the holes don't even look the same. It's the same concept on some of the flatter holes. Um, But it was a public golf course when it originally opened relatively flat piece of land. And he just wanted to make something completely different. So right on top of the old, the old 27. Right. And, and for him, he, he's blowing up a golf course. I mean, it's strange to see a golf course get blown up anyways, but he's essentially blowing up a golf course that he designed. That's only about 22, 23 years old. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild. And, and there's just the creating the, the elevation, like you said, uh, uh, there's going to be this, this area, if I, if I read the, the story right, where that kind of ties into all three nines, it has some elevation, and then the course flattens out on all three nines because that's the dominant topography of the area, right? Correct, correct. So their original plan when they bought it, when they started on the holes near the clubhouse, was to keep similar um, architecture. Yep. Just clean it up, go through the whole golf course, spruce it up a little bit, change a few things, but but it wasn't going to be drastic changes. And then they 
wanted wanted to build something a little different. And it turned into something very different. So it turned into a mountain. Creating a mountain out of a molehill, they say, right? <laughs> um and then the and then the other the the facet of this that that um I want to get into is um this you came from Chicago Golf Club where you had been for eight years, is that correct? Yep. Did I write that down? Yep. Eight years. Here, here's a golf course, one of the great golf courses in the United States, right? Seth Rayner redesigns a Charles Blair McDonald golf course. It's a Seth Rayner golf course now. But this is a golf course that really hasn't had anything done to it in how long, right? When's the last time there was a bunker renovation there? When were bunkers added or taken? I mean, other than things like green expansions or some of the stuff that you and I talked about when I was there, uh, was it like a year and a half ago now? That, that's a golf course that was really just about maintaining what maintaining it for the most part, wasn't it? Yeah, 1923 uh, was when the bunkers were last touched <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> uh, so they're actually getting ready to do a bunker project there as well. Um, so it'll be right. it'll be fascinating to see how that turns out. But yeah, I go. I went from the oldest 18-hole golf course uh, in the U.S that was on old farm soil to a brand new project that's on straight sand. I mean, that's got to be kind of sh a shock to the system, doesn't it? About what your data date, but that's what makes, that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it fun. Like you, you, I'm going through areas here and, and looking at different things and, and learning different things after being in the business for over 20 years. And, and you get to come across a different scenario and find different ways to, to fix it. Right. I mean, for the, for the first time you're, you, you're under the, you're, it's, there's a possibility you could, God forbid this happens, but you could lose turf just because of a weather change. And this is young grass trying to grow in and all of that. Well, that was never going to happen in Chicago. I mean, that wasn't a worry of yours, right? Yeah. I actually might use my irrigation system now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's just, it's just different, but it, that's what, that's what makes it right. fun. Still get to mentor young people. Still get to see something come to life. It's just in a totally different capacity. You're going to freak out one of these days when you look out and see like a whole row of heads going at one time, are you? <laughs> it's it's going to be a learning curve for me. I, and I told the guys already that you know we're here last year. I said, listen, I, I'm probably going to be way under on on watering. Um, so you're going to have to just tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Just say, Scott, that will not work, and and we'll we'll come to a compromise. I'm sure it'll be somewhere in the middle. But grass seed needs water. You need to you need to get that through your head, right? Yeah, this the seed the seed I get, but once it's mature, I, I like to push things to the edge. But on straight sand, I got to be a little more careful. Yeah, I was going to say, like you said, it was farmland to straight sand. That's kind of it's not the same math, is it? No, no. Um, and and had you been thinking about? I don't what had you been thinking about going to a to a new construction or a renovation was that something cuz you you had always been on you had always been at existing golf courses right Yeah Rivercrest Rivercrest was only uh let's see 5 years old when I took over there and they had USGA specs and greens um so I sort of had an idea solid bent grass so um I, I had an idea it wasn't something actually I was even looking for it kind of came out of the blue. So I worked with the director of golf for the union league at, um, he was an assistant pro when I was an assistant superintendent at Marion. So okay, he happened to call me 
and just told me about the project and what they were trying to do. And we just talked for a little bit and then pieces kind of fell into place as we moved along. And here I am, <laughs> move the family to South Jersey and put your, put your wife a couple of miles away from the beach and life isn't that bad. You spent a lot of time in this area and your wife is, is from this area. So this is, this wasn't a huge upheaval for you guys to, to move where you are now. No, out of college, I spent a couple of years on Long Island at Pine Hollow Country Club. Then I was in Philadelphia for eight years. Um, so it's kind of entertaining watching the salesman walk in the door and know who you are and colleagues that I worked with previously that are now superintendents in the area. You know, it's a little bit of a reunion. Right, right. Hey, let's do this. Let's take a quick break uh, for a word from our sponsors, uh, and we'll be right back. Introducing Genesis RX575, a comprehensive fertility and soil amendment product from the Andersons, specifically developed for construction, renovation, aerification, sprigging, sodding, and seeding. This blend of dispersing granule DG components provides the most comprehensive fertilizer the Andersons has ever offered, with the goal of providing a single product solution designed to save time and application and reduce fertility program complexity. For a limited time, take advantage of a special introductory offer. For more information on Genesis RX 575, visit startwithgenesis.com. From green strainage to sod work, Golf Preservations can handle your project with ease and give you the peace of mind to know the professionals are caring for your valuable golf course assets. Visit golfpreservations.com or call 606-499-2732 to talk to us directly about your next project. Okay, we're back on the TurfNet Renovation Report. My guest is Scott Bordner. He is the superintendent at the Union League, uh, Union League National in Swainton, New Jersey, which was a 27-hole public golf course that is being completely reimagined by Dana Fry uh, and Jason Straka. Uh, Scott is... The superintendent there wrapping up the uh, the construction and the grow-in. Let me ask you this question. What so far has been your, and maybe it's just learning how to tend turf on sand, but what has been the biggest surprise to you um, from your end with this project? I would say seeing how all the pieces fit together in, in the grand scheme of the project, um, the things that you're thinking might not work, um, because of the time of the year and you find ways to make them work. I mean, we're covering fairways, we're hydro seeding fairways, we're, we're trying a bunch of different ways and adding a cost to all of them. Um, we even sodded some of them out and then just trying to give us a little bit better of a game plan moving forward. Cause we still have 13 holes left to finish. Yeah. And that, and, and for you, is it, when, I mean, I know you're at Marion, but when you look out and realize now you're taking care of 27 instead of 18, you're doing, this is all kinds of different math is everything from manpower to fuel consumption, right? Yeah. And a lot of the construction numbers are sort of tied into our numbers. Like they're, they're using our fuel. So we're trying to figure out how much of it they used versus what we used just so we can have some budgetary numbers moving forward. Um, there's just a lot of moving parts. I mean, every day there's 60 people or there was before the coronavirus hit, um, there was 60 people out here working between the construction crew, our crew, 
irrigation installed drainage team. Um, the contractor has a team planting the ridges and the mountain and bridge building is going on and we're going to have pond aerators put out there next week. So there's, there's just a lot of moving parts. And, and how have things changed, not for the entire project, but, but for you, how have things changed once the coronavirus regulations came in? We just tried to step things back. So we had, we were getting ready to bring our seasonal employees on. Um, now we're not going to have to change cups and rake bunkers and get those 18 holes as presentable as we were before. So we just had to focus on keeping everybody safe and healthy, number one, keeping people apart. Different people have different equipment that they're using. They're sanitizing it. Everything sort of just, we still have a job to get done but we need to be a little more efficient and pay attention to what we need to do now versus what can be done, you know, in however many weeks that this thing is lifted. Right. And it's good. It has to be an odd scenario or it doesn't have to be, but is it in an odd scenario that for instance, two guys can't go out in a utility vehicle, you're doing that kind of social distancing. Yeah. In some aspects, we, we try to do a lot of that. Anyway, we try to let people work, on their own little project to give them sort of ownership of that type of project. And things tend to go faster for the most part when it's one or two people versus four people in a, in a circle working on something. So um, that, that hasn't changed as, as much. You're just trying to, you know, as we're airifying a certain area or getting a certain area ready, mowing it, we just try to keep people a little more separate. And part of this golf course is already playable. Yeah, so the goal is to have 18 holes open right away at the beginning of the season, which was supposed to be April 1st, and then have all 27 holes open in July. Uh, at the end of August, jump into the next phase of construction. So we're trying to take a few holes down at a time, then get those ready for the following summer. So the the majority of the play here is in June, July, and August, and we just want to have you know, 27 holes available for as much of that period as we can. Right. And the, and this has been a good, good uh, winter for you as far as growing grass and, and maintaining, right? I mean, this, you haven't had these long cold spells. You haven't had a lot of snow, anything like that. No, it's been as, as good as I could have hoped for. Um, up until this virus hit, we were moving it an awesome clip and we're still on schedule but it just gets a little trickier if shutdowns continue to happen and what are the rules right now this again like this is march 25th and things are fluid and changing and rules came out today in connecticut that we're allowed to play golf they don't want people riding you know that kind of thing but there was a actual decision from connecticut government that that allowed that to go on what's going on in new jersey as far as the playing of golf today on March 25th. Right now the golf course is closed. Um, people are not allowed to come out here um, in, in any capacity. And right now we're just able to maintain the turf. Um, try to do that as, at a, as low of a level as possible, but they understand we need to cut the grass. Are you doing anything to make it easier for yourself? Are you doing anything like, like rate to, to take stress off the grass 
Are you raising heights of cut or mowing less frequently because you know you're not having play? Yes, yes, yes. And we're just trying to, like, like I said, clean things up and get them ready so we're not two weeks behind once they do say we can open up. And is there any indication, there's no indication of that, right? That, or or there, are you getting any kind of rumblings from the state on, on what's going to happen? Not, not as of now. I know there's a lot of pressure on, on different um, areas of the industry to just let people out there to keep their businesses going more on the public side. Um, private gets hurt a little bit, but on the public side, it's, it's really a dagger. I feel bad for a lot of those clubs that just this is hitting right at the beginning of their season. So it's putting them in a hole right from the, right from the get go. Right. And I was thinking the same thing because it's everybody would be in, in my part of the world in Connecticut too. Everybody would be opening so much earlier this year because the weather has been so much so good. And it looks like it's going to, we're on a, a long stretch where it's going to stay temperatures where people can play golf. And now they, you know, we, we got the ruling today, but it's still, people aren't going to go out and play. We know that, you know, I talked to one pro today and he doesn't think people should be on golf, you know, Massachusetts pro thinking he, he doesn't think people should be on golf courses. So, you know, people are staying away and it's really too bad for the public facilities, like you said, because this is such a good spring so far, they would be making money. Yeah. Yeah. The weather's, the weather's been really forgiving. And, and you, have you moved your family? Uh, you said you live, you live across the street from the golf course. Have they moved from Chicago? Yeah. Right before Christmas. So I, Spent a couple weeks out here and a couple weeks back there, just trying to wrap my head around the project uh, in November and December, and then we moved out right before Christmas. Which is which is so strange. And now you're not even getting. Well, you're at work, or when you're home, you you guys can't get a feel of where you are because you're sequestered in your house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fortunately, fortunately, they kind of know the area. Um, my in-laws had a beach house two miles away from here um, that they would come out every summer. So we, we kind of have a feel for the area. It's not a complete shock, but yeah, it'd be nice. They, they jumped into school um, for January, February and half of March and didn't really have time to jump in in second and fourth grade and meet as many people as we were hoping. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's this this whole situation. You realize as the more I realize, the more I talk to people, just the kind of the weird things it's it's doing to everyday life, and you know, in situations like that, like I never even thought of that. What about kids that change schools in the middle of a year? You know, I mean, they're not going to see; they may not see those kids again until September. Yeah, and, and it's it's all the little things. I mean, fortunately, my wife works from home um, anyway, but I can't imagine if both parents were working and all of a sudden their kids are at home every day. You'd have two kids sitting in the office, right? <laughs> they spend a decent amount of time out here at night. We'll come out and goof around on the golf cart, chase the geese away. And, right. You know. Well, listen, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, interesting. And I, I want to get back to you on this. We'll talk later on, maybe a year or so down the road and when everything gets buttoned up. But uh, this is a uh, fascinating project to me. Um, and the jump that you made is fascinating as well. Uh, the, the, the dichotomy of the two golf courses is is uh, is really something, and and you know not just from the ages of them, but like you said, you know black the black soil of uh, outside of Chicago to the sand of 
southern New Jersey, you know? Yeah, I've I've had a lot of people help me along the way, so that I'm that I'm grateful for. Um, look at one situation and just say, "What's going on here? I, I'm not. Is there something I'm not seeing?" And I've spent a lot of time on the phone, so it's great great to have people that you can call and ask questions to. That's for sure. Well, and Jason Jason Straka called you a rock star. I mean, that's in quotes in the in the Superintendent Magazine article. Uh, <laughs> so you have high expectations. Yeah. <laughs> I like to fly a little more under the radar than that, but I, I appreciate it. They've been they've been awesome to work with. But well, yeah. when he says that in an international publication, you can't fly under the radar. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I've been catching a little bit of grease, <laughs> of grease for that, if you can imagine. Yeah, I circled it. I circled it. We, I was going to get that in there for sure. Don't don't worry about that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Just keep bringing it out there. That's Scott Borner. He's a rock star. That's what I want people to say every time they see you hear your name or see you yeah that's gonna be your nickname (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) hey listen thank you very much for your time though i appreciate that i know it's a it's a complicated world right now but it was really good to talk to you uh and to hear about this project yeah you too come check us out when you're down in this area i will uh that concludes today's episode Uh, i want to thank scott bordner the uh superintendent from union from union league national for uh spending some time with us You've been listening to the Renovation Report on TurfNet Radio.